Sandy! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Welcome back. Yeah. How are you, Tristan? Tell you what, that pack past and present is, is very much in the past at this present moment, isn't it? It is. We had that real palate cleanser of an episode <laughs> with uh, Universal Soldier The Return. And by a palate cleanser, I mean, you know, no one listened to it. <laughs> Yeah, well. Uh, it did all right. It did all right. It did all right. But they are definitely our lower rating episodes, that's for sure. Mm. The LJC. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty pretty average movie, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> but you know what? When it's a bad movie, we try even harder to make a good podcast episode. So, you know. Don't we just. We really do. We don't rest on the laurels of the, the film's laurels. Exactly. And I'm not even sure what laurels are. I've always wondered. I think they're things, I think they're like, are they your laurels? No, that's lapels. That's lapels. Yeah, I always, but I do, I'm taken to that kind of Mm, space. Where your badges of merit are. Yeah, okay. Hey, do you know what? What? Speaking of expressions you don't know, what is eat your heart out? Like, where does that come from? That's in this, is that in this film? Yeah, good point. I think it is in this film. Eat your heart out. Oh yeah, I think I think Rizzo yeah, says I it. I don't know. Rizzo, Rizza. Yeah, Rizzo. the Rizzo, the Rizzo, <laughs> Rizzo. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a job for uh, a pop critic remix. Mm. Editing in Rizzo for the role Bobby of Rizzo. Digital. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Just a little bit of Wu Tang peppered throughout this whole thing. It works. Right, right, so. <laughs> mm. Nineteen seventy-eight, Greg. We're back in the seventies. Yeah, we're back to the 70s. I mean, it's not the oldest film we've done, obviously, um, but it's certainly at the early, very early part of our sweet spot. Yeah, I mean, we have hit this year before Mm. with Halloween. Ah, of course. But other than that, oh, Jaws 2 came out this year too. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, we're big giving movies. Hey, 1978, (laughs) what was going down Mm. in 1978? I think my brother was born. Oh, yeah. So that happened. Mm. Uh, obviously, neither of us were yet born. But a twinkle in Jesus's eye. Mm, yeah, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> Do you know what was born in this fair year, 24th of June? What? The Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. Oh, really? Very first March was held in, yes, June 24th. 1978. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. Well, as as you probably remember, it started off as more of a uh, march, a protest march for um, civil rights. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. I wasn't aware Uh of that, actually. I'm I'm quite ignorant on that topic. No. Well, there you go. I didn't knew it as a party. I'm here to to enlighten you. Yeah. Well, you'd know the party pretty well. You used to live on the... Oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, you, you would have, they, they turned down, yeah. Well, I lived at the finish line, basically. They turned down that ah. street and I was, but, you know, I missed it most years for, for one reason or another. Um, mm, but, yeah, it was quite a scene, man. Even <laughs> 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 
No, quite genuinely, it was just like I lived there for like three years or something, and every year there just happened to be something that took me out of town or like for that night. So I, a couple of times I'd be back though for the aftermath, and it was so it was like fucking bomb site, man. It was wild. Armageddon. Yeah, wild. Can party, can party. Yeah. yeah. Very significant cultural event in this city. I think it's like our biggest tourist event of the calendar. The really? entire 365 days of the modern calendar. That's the biggest tourist event. That's, I guess, what else? Really? I can't think of any other. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Well, it does. Yeah, so apparently uh, the, 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 the detailed origin story of this one is it, it was an evening celebration following the morning protest. Right. In commemoration of the Stonewall riots. Riots which were a, uh, a series of spontaneous protests by members of the gay community in response to, I think, you know, the original Stonewalls in Greenwich Village, I believe. And back in the day, there was a police raid on there in 1969. Um, yeah, so it's got, a, it's got a, a pretty, you know, political slash, well, it's got a pretty political background, the old... Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't know that now. Well, you do it. Actually, there's still themes, isn't it? Like a lot of people get dressed in sort of political statements, see funny, funny costumes. Yeah. And yeah. they go out there and um, have a bit of a good time. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm not fit enough to to march in Mardi Gras. Maybe no, 10 you years ago I could Yeah, have. maybe like, to, yeah, you just would have As changed an floats now. We're, yeah. we're in a different float now. <laughs> well, I don't know quite where I am. Are you a bear yet? What am I? I think I'm, I'm a bear right now. Here. Yeah. Dave Gray used to call me a cub, but yeah. now I'm a fully-fledged bear, I think. <laughs> Is there some kind of ceremony when you go from cub to bear? I don't know. I think I'll ask Dave Gray. Yeah. I like being – I think I preferred being a cub. I know, right? That feels like a, like a rookie. I'll like, take I that as I'm a compliment. A... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because bears are pretty comical. <laughs> my favourite my description – so <laughs> is a ginger otter. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. That's amazing. Gay label. And we found that by mistake on the internet back <laughs> at um at when we were all working at UM. I can't remember why, but we were calling not knowing what it meant, we were calling Dave Fowler the ginger otter. <laughs> and then we looked it up. We looked we, we Googled pictures of ginger otters. Oh, <laughs> got, one of those. Boy, did we get a surprise. <laughs> I think an otter is just like a skinny white gay dude, I think. Right. Could be wrong. But then a ginger otter. Yeah, okay. But then a ginger otter as well, a ginger one. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. They got some good labels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ginger otter. <laughs> Maybe I'm a tea bird. Oh, or a greaser. <laughs> yeah, a greaser. <laughs> 1978. Big year for the gays. Big year for love. Oh, for love. That's much better. <laughs> hey, let's do few, that one. Big year for love. There were a few versions that went through my head and I was like, nope, that doesn't sound appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Big year for love. Big year, Big for, year love. for love. And that extended all the way to the silver screen with such um, romantic films as Halloween, mm. Jaws 2, Superman. Superman. National Lampoon's Animal House. Big year for movies. These are all in the top yeah. ten, by the way. Yeah, well, um, the, good top ten. Damien, 
The Omen Part 2. The Wiz, Sergeant Ooh. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's a big year for musicals. Yeah, that's actually got, what's his name in it from this? Does it? Who? Yeah. The crater face guy. He's in it. Oh, is he in that too? Yeah. Interesting. He looks so familiar. I Googled him and I couldn't place him in anything. But maybe, maybe I've watched. Yeah, he died of AIDS. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sad. Oh, man. In, the 40, in his 40s. Ah, oh, shit. Damn. That was that. I've never watched that Sergeant Pepper's movie, but um, I guess it's up my alley. I've seen clips. I, uh, I think Aerosmith I mean, do a good one. Can mm. we, I don't want to do it, though. Can I just make that really abundantly clear? No, I don't want to do it either. <laughs> the Wiz, I'd be down for doing The Wiz, though, at some point. I'd be down for Omen. I was thinking, because we've got Halloween coming up in no time, which is crazy. Yeah, let's do The Omen. I All the ones that I keep thinking are... Less slashery this year, so I don't know if we want to do elevated horror. Oh, I like elevated. that. Elevated. It's horror, but it's elevated. A little bit ahead of the curve here in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> the, the that of horror. Yeah, it's like it. shining and yeah, smell our own farts. Horror. I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> but then, hey, there was one film. Oh, oh yeah, in 1978, came in at number one. It's a little film that was. Automatic. <laughs> Can I commit to this? It's systematic. It's hydromatic. <laughs> I don't know what these words mean. A little film called Grease. So we get some overhead lifters and four bell quads. Oh yeah. Keep talking, walk, keep talking. Fuel injection cut off and chrome padded rods. Oh yeah. I wonder how long it was going to go into this app before they were singing. Yeah, we, the answer is longer than you thought. <laughs> yeah, twelve min, twelve odd minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. It's not too bad at all. Uh, Greece came out in June of 1978. Budget of six million dollars with a gross of three hundred and sixty-six million dollars. That's a strong. Yeah, let's get a calculation on that, Romy. Uh, At least. At least double. (laughs) Yeah. Is that like 50? No. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Uh, Big movie at the box office. I assume that might be including any re-releases and things, but still, big number. Huge number. Big number. It was was the biggest movie in the world in 1978. Biggest ever in the world. Uh, Rotten Tomato scores, critic score of 76%, audience score of 87%. 87%. Okay. The critic consensus as follows. Grease is a pleasing, energetic musical with infectiously catchy songs and an ode to young love that never gets old. Young love that never gets old. Good wordplay there. Brilliant mm. copywriting. Brilliant. That is quite good. You could tell they were like, yeah, that's it when they wrote that. They're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like pencils down, laptop closed, Pour a drink. Going for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that person liked doing. Yeah, well, we don't know them. Um, was this a big movie for you, Greg? It sure was, Tristan. Yeah. Um, and I hazard a guess that we're going to have a similar memory of this film. Having yeah. an older sister 
Um, okay. This was firmly in her rotation and thus in mine. Interesting. So, you know, I'd have to – she'd force me to be Danny and dance around the <laughs> the lounge room. Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I watched this a lot, you know, wanted to be a T-Bird. Yeah. Thought they were like the coolest guys. I tried to get a T-Bird gang happening at school, but then we didn't have the means for the jackets. And none of us had leather jackets. No, not one. Really? <laughs> there was no leather jackets. So it was a denim you know, We put some yeah. sticky tape on the back of a, uh, you know, school jumper. But it just wasn't the same. Wow, this is awesome. This is much more than I expected. Yeah. This is great. Did you were you singing and stuff? Did you sing the songs? Oh no, we just wanted to be a gang. I think the the singing yeah. one was more in the lounge room with the sister. Right. Um trying to learn that fucking hand thing. Yeah, that this thing. Yeah, Steven Seagal's form of martial arts. It's very yeah, similar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so look, the, yeah, it sure, no, runs no. deep. There was um, there was waves of nostalgia, uh, tidal waves of nostalgia. I haven't seen this for a long time. Um, yeah, pouring over me as I sat and watched this last week with Carol while she recited yeah. every line. Really, um, it's a big, big one for the big, wife. Mm. Big movie for Carol as well. And how about yeah. you? Um, uh, not quite the same. But oh, it was definitely okay. big. <laughs> it's awkward. I've I've given away too much. <laughs> I assume we had the exact same. No, um, it was big in that it was. I I couldn't pinpoint like first watching it or anything like that. I think it must have been like school and stuff. And I guess it was probably on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think if we did a school play on it. I don't think we did. Or if we did, I wasn't in it. Mm. Um, which is a huge miss for you know the drama department, but but uh, yeah, have yeah, words. it was definitely like omnipresent. I I don't know if I've ever thought about this movie that much, it, like actively. You know what I mean? It's mm. just kind of mm. I've never really thought about it as love it or hate it. It it just was. Yeah, it was just always there. So it made for a good, yeah, that's a perfect that's a kind of rewatch solution. because I think yeah, this was the first time I've ever sat down. To watch it, you know, with the intent mm. all on my own kind of thing. Um, mm. With a bag of popcorn perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was an exciting one to uh, to get ready for. But also I guess just pop culture-wise, like pretty massive deal to have an Aussie in a movie like this. Like John obviously Travolta. when it came out, but even like when we were growing up, yeah, John Travolta, the, the face of Qantas for some reason. <laughs> That's my John Travolta. That's so face. weird that here's the face. Yeah, sorry, Greg's doing a John Travolta face. Um, it is weird that here's the face of Qantas. Why was he? Because he's a famous celebrity that is a pilot. This is your captain speaking. Well, maybe not today, but I can guarantee that the guys in the flight deck and the greater team care just as much about aircraft safety as I do. <laughs> Shandy? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm going to have a few Sandys in this episode. Um, oh, his eyes always look like he's cried recently. <laughs> oh, my God. He's got the wettest eyes I've ever seen. They're wet. They're very blue. Oh, his yeah. eyes are a marvel. The other thing I was thinking, though, I, mean, I thought of this while I was re-watching it, but whatever. It, it's, it's personal context, I suppose, is um, 
I don't think I ever really understood that there was a difference between when this movie was made and when it was set. I think yeah. growing up to me, it was just old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That was um, that was a semi. I was like, surely I knew that. I was like, I oh, know. I don't think I did. Yeah. I the subtle differences of made. 1959 and 1978 were lost on a young Tristan. Um, and can but I, obviously, it's a pretty significant difference. <laughs> it is. And do you know what? I was thinking the same because I, this movie would have been the best part of 10 years old when I was watching it, when my sister was, yeah. had it on repeat in the house. Mm. If I was born in 82, I would have been about five, six, seven, something like that. Mm. So that's, you know, towards 10 years old for this film. And most films, you know, as we've discussed, they sort of go out of style a little bit unless they're mm. period pieces. Yeah, it makes them immortal. And this one's a period piece. Yeah, really is. So it didn't have that little lag in um, trend, I guess. Yeah, there's no anyway. weird outdated 1978 yeah, cultural correct. reference. Like it's, correct. yeah. It says the benefit of hindsight and 1978 technology. <laughs> oh, that sweet uh, 78 technology, Tron. Yeah. Sandy. Should I get into the origin story? <laughs> we need a sandy button, I feel. I know. I was just thinking that. Well, why do we need it? We can just say it as much as we like. Yeah, your Sandy's good. I can't do it. <laughs> it's getting worse. It's going to turn into a, like a Walken or, or probably a Borat or something. Um, let's get into the origin story. <laughs> origin story. Hey, Greg, this movie's based on a play, a musical play by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. Um, I don't know much about these fellas, but Jim Jacobs was a copywriter in the advertising industry, also an actor, and that's that's actually how he met Warren Casey, also an actor. They decided to mm. collaborate on writing a musical set in a high school in the 1950s in Greaser culture. Yeah, um, it's a thing. Not Greek, not Greek culture, uh, Greece culture. Yes. And, you know, they came up with the name Greece. Mm. Um, they first performed it. In 1971 in Chicago, and when I say they, they wrote it. They weren't in it, I don't think. Um, first performed it in 1971 in Chicago, then it went fucking everywhere ever since. But interestingly, in its earliest stagings, it was uh, apparently much more raw, raunchy, vulgar. Yeah, dare I say darker and grittier? I think you, I think you dare. I think I just did. Yeah. And by 1980, it had become the longest running musical on Broadway. Of all time, at that time. Wow. I'm sure that's since been beaten by cats or something. Mm. Oh, and this is an interesting little one. Cancelled Australian actor uh, Craig McLaughlin played Danny Zuko on the West End in the 80s. Ah. And Actually, so did Richard he, he Gere. He could never have the hair for it. He's, he's got perm. Yeah. He must have. And Richard yeah, Gere. Was yes. Hair. Yeah, Richard Gere before him. Wow. Um, Someone else was a Brad, not Brad Pitt. He's not much of a thespian. It, is, it is, escapes me. Continue. Apologies. Okay. Well, you know, net, net, big fucking deal, this thing. And, you know, when something's, uh, when, a, when a cultural phenomenon like that comes along, Hollywood takes notice. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Was he in it? He should have been. He's done, he's done uh, Zuko on Broadway as well. Uh, in a revival or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Hollywood takes tends to take notice when something is the biggest thing of all time. 
Um, you know, their, their eyeballs turn into dollar signs and their tongue hangs mm. out of their mouth. And uh, this, this trend was personified by Alan Carr in this case, who saw the show and felt like he had a vision for how this could become a movie and he optioned it, shopped it around, and no studios wanted it, as the tale always tends to go. But parallel to this, Greg Carney, mm. a little show called Welcome Back Carter launched a young ah. star named John Travolta. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Didn't it just? Yeah, it sure did. And um, another producer by the name of Robert Stigwood at Paramount offered young Travolta a three-picture deal. Ooh. The first of which would become a little film called Saturday Night Fever. Stigwood uh, gets word of this Grease idea that's floating around Hollywood town and thinks it's the perfect number two for this kid, Travolti. And um, they, brought, they brought in director Randall Kleiser, who had directed oh, Travolta look out. In, in Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Release so the Kleis. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Say that again. He directed Travolta in the Boy in the Plastic Bubble. <laughs> okay. But otherwise hadn't done too much. So I don't know. I think it was a mate's thing like, hey, yeah, it's got my friend over here, Magat. Oh, it happens, doesn't it? It does, you know. Get him on the casting couch, see what happens. <laughs> Randall had some dirt on Travolta. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. He accidentally, he did some uh, Scientology auditing on him and, you know, the rest is history. Um, But here's where things get interesting, Greg, or at least things got interesting for me in doing the research because I don't know about you, but I had always just assumed that Olivia Newton-John was famous because of this movie. Um, Being born after this movie, I feel like that's a natural uh, connection Mm. to make even though it is not correct. Um, Mm. And I assumed that the role was meant to be Australian and, you know, slim pickings, but they found one and the rest is history. That's just kind of the unconscious narrative I'd formed in my own head. But it's quite mm. the opposite, Greg. It's very much the opposite. They wanted her and they rewrote the role to be Australian so they could have her. She was already famous. She'd won her first Grammy in 1973. She had a first number one single in 1974. She was a big deal. Mm-hmm. She was, How about yeah. that? Yeah, I got a bit more on that later, but yeah, she they was a big deal. So it. they had to cross out. I'm going back to Idaho. To, <laughs> I'm going back to Australia. Today, sir, why it's Christmas Day? That's all the difference. That's my Australian <laughs> accent, by the way. Yeah, that was good. You should keep practicing, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've got a little clip here of Travolta and Kleiser explaining. Uh, you know, the, the magic that is our wonderful, uh, we haven't really mentioned it yet, Olivia Newton-John, R.I.P., Beautiful Soul. Mm-hmm. I'll play mm-hmm. a little clip of these guys talking about that very moment. The reason I wanted Olivia in this was because at that time, every guy's dream was to have Olivia Newton-John as their girlfriend. And I'll tell you, I was the same way. And uh, to me, it gave the, the piece more um, validity. 
So she requested a screen test. Normally, the studio requests a screen test. In this case, she said, I'll do the movie if I do a test and I feel comfortable. So we did a test. It was the scene in the, in the uh, drive-in. Johnny's very sweet and very helpful to me and made me feel really comfortable because he was much more experienced at acting than I was. And it just, it just felt right. Screen test was sensational. And she felt very comfortable. And I wanted her voice as well, because we really needed a beautiful voice. She was Sandy Dambrowski, was the original cast name, and she was American. I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to act. And I have to think of an American accent. I don't know that I can do this. So they very graciously made her an Aussie. Sandy! Sandy! <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. That is, yeah. I was so surprised and delighted by that, because, yeah, I don't know. Was I learning that? Did you think that too? Um, I don't, don't know. Have to say yes, because I can't. Like, it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you could have told me either. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I didn't know. Well, I've got a bit more on her background later because it was all news to me, really. I mean, I knew she was a star, but um, I didn't really know much about the pre-Greece era, and it's pretty interesting. But yeah, more on that later. Mm. And so they changed the character to be Aussie. But they made a few other changes too, Greg. Um, they went from being set in inner city Chicago yeah, yeah. To, to generic suburbia. They removed a lot of the sexual references in the play. Um, they seem to remove any ethnic people. I don't know if they were ever in there. Yeah, good point. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> the style at the time, unfortunately. Mm. Some songs weren't used from the play um, but did appear like played on the jukebox and stuff, songs I've never heard of like Freddie My Love, Those Magic Changes, It's Raining on Prom Night. Um, and actually in the stage version it's Konecki that sings Grease Lightning. But um, Travolta's, Travolta's got a Travolta man, so yeah, that's what they do. Um, but they did add new songs as well not the least of which being the absolute fucking banger, hopelessly devoted to you. What a song. Oh, my God. Which was robbed at the 51st Academy Awards. Oh, was it nominated? Fuck, that's a banger, man. I listened yesterday to the one that won. What was it? Do you have I'll look it up. The Last Dance? Uh, it's like a, yeah, maybe. What movie was that from? I didn't even really know. Uh, thank God it's oh. Friday, which seems to be some sort of like. It's by Donna Summer. Oh, it could be a banger, man. No. Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to talk about oh, Donna. It's Summer. got Jeff Goldblum in it and Deborah Winger. Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, back to casting. There were some precasts before before the delightful Olivia Newton John was involved. They were thinking of Carrie Fisher. Of course. And some others. Now, the internet suggested Osmond. Yeah, and Osmond was in there and a bunch of names I hadn't heard of, so yeah. Um the internet suggests that Henry Winkler turned the role of Danny down, but I don't know. Like from what I read, it sounds like it was always going to be Travolta. From I don't know, but 
you know. They say he didn't want to be typecast. <laughs> Too late, champ. <laughs> well, old, old Man Winkler has a whole different thing now. He's kind it's of It's fascinating. Uh, he yeah, is. Yeah. Quirky. Like in Barry. Comedy, comedy guy. Arrested Development. Waterboy. Yeah, Waterboy. Yeah. Other casting. Oh, yeah, Jeff. So Jeff Conaway, who I just mentioned before as Kanicki, he actually played Danny on Broadway. Mm, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it sounds like he was a good sport about all this, but he, he had to play not the lead and then got the one killer song he had taken off his hands too. But apparently on Broadway he did all the roles, um, not all at once. But he was he was the lead and then like, <laughs> like when he finished. <laughs> I'm doing Grease. It's a one-man show. I'd appreciate it if you came and supported. Grease, a one-man show by Jeff Conaway. <laughs> <laughs> What was I going to say? Yeah, he was understudy. He was understudy for all of the main male leads and or roles, not even leads. So he had mm. a chance. He just played everyone over time, um, except for Kanicki until this film came. So there you go. And well, uh, closing the loop, you could call him Mr. Grease. Mr. Grease. God. Uh, I'll round out cast because I don't know if we'll ever name check these people later other than maybe Stocker Channing, but Barry Pearl as Duty, Michael Tucci as Sonny. Kelly Ward as Putsy, um, Stocker Channing as Rizzo or Rizza, probably digital as Rizza, uh, Diddy Con as Frenchie, Jamie Donnelly as Jad, Dina Manoff as Marty Maraschino. There you have it. Mm. They were all quite like old. The cherry. <laughs> yeah, like the Man. cherry. Yeah, Stocker Channing was 33 old. or something or 31. 33. 33. Yeah, that's – and Travolta was only 23 or something. Yeah, he was not too bad. Yeah, that's, living that's in John was twenty seven, I think. Yeah, so it's not that crazy. I think Stockard Channing's the one that really pushes it. Well, she just and old. has therefore, yeah, yeah, because well, she was the oldest, but also she, she just looks old. Not even like, I don't know. It's probably maybe the hair or something too, because she doesn't look old as in like she doesn't have wrinkles and things, but she just seems old. <laughs> it doesn't seem like she's in high she school. Was, Actually closer to being a geriatric pregnancy than a teen pregnancy. <laughs> That's why she missed a period. Menopause. <laughs> Menopause. <laughs> That's Getting like there's flushes. a season one episode of Golden Girls where that happens to Blanche. She thinks she's pregnant. Yeah. Poor Blanche. Uh, poor Blanche. Anyway, Bish Bash Bosh, rap party down at that diner where you get a nice sloppy joe. Um, mm. Should we play the trailer? Mm-hmm. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Greece, the Broadway smash that made theatrical history by becoming one of the longest-running musical comedies of all time, breaks loose on the motion picture screen. The sensational star of Saturday Night Fever ignites the screen in Greece. And he does it all with Olivia Newton John in her motion picture debut. 
John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John explode across the motion picture screen in Greece. The movie filled with more song, more dance, more of everything that makes a great musical unforgettable. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John together for the first time in Greece. That song, that last song, sounds so much like the tide is high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And they are moving on. Yeah, and singing. Mm. Um, what happened in this movie, Greg? Ah, Grease tells the tale of Danny and Sandy, one of the greatest love stories Sandy. the silver screen has ever told. A coming-of-age tale, a tale of teenage love, of fancy cars, of crappy cars and flying cars, <laughs> of summer loving and strawberry milkshakes and gangbangs, of prom night and teen pregnancy, of yearbooks and gang violence, of jukebox <laughs> and peeping toms, of hand jives and hand jobs. <laughs> this is the life of illusion, wrapped up in trouble, lace. With confusion. Oh. What are we doing here? Grace is the word. Oh. oh. Are they the lyrics? That last bit is the hand drives and hand drives. <laughs> <laughs> Grace is the word. That song is so good, man. What a that is, yeah, that's. Used to, I didn't used to like the beginning of Greece. That cartoon bit used to weird me out. Yeah, um, but now, like watching it, the rewatch, I was like, I think that's like my favorite jam in the movie. Yeah, it's such a good song. It's so good. Written by G- Barry a... Gibbs. Written by oh, is it? Barry Gibbs. <laughs> and performed by that's Frankie mad. Valley. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. I read that part. Yeah. Written by Barry Gibbs. Of the Gibbs Brothers. <laughs> Are they, I, I do appreciate like an an extended animated opening title sequence. I and do if now. you're just slapping a banger in there too, yeah. Well, maybe I was the opposite. Maybe I wanted the more cartoon. I usually wanted more cartoon. That make that would make more sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. Makes way more sense. Like the Pink Panther, man. You ever watch the Pink Panther oh. and then disappointed when, when you realise that's not a cartoon? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yes. We should do the Pink Panther because I don't think I've ever watched it properly, but it's supposed to be good, right? Peter Sellers. Yeah, well, Peter shit. Sellers is the man. Fuck, we should do that because genuinely, man. <laughs> no idea. I remember watching that thinking I'm about to watch a cartoon and it's, what the fuck yeah, is Yeah, we like Saturday night, Channel 7, you're like, yeah, cartoon, and then yeah. it flips to like a brown-suited man. Yeah, I remember similarly. I remember flicking through the TV guide back in the day, and seeing like Hogan's Heroes and thinking, "Oh, like Hulk Hogan? Could that, is that going to be wrestling?" <laughs> um, huge disappointment. Don't get me started on Kramer versus Kramer. It has it has nothing to do with Cosmo. No, it doesn't. That's just a angry little man. It's deceptive. 
I've never watched it. I don't know if he's angry, but he's a little mad. Well, he's Dustin Hoffman, so you'd have a guess he's going to have at least one little rant in there. <laughs> I'm walking here. The Hoffman. Um, the other Hoff. Um, hey, did you like this? Did you enjoy the rewatch? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like I won't watch it again for a significant period of time. Yeah. But, you know, it was like the whole gang was there. And it was interesting because I haven't seen it for so long that there was like, oh, I didn't, re- oh, I didn't realize they're talking about gangbangs and hand jobs and yeah, it's a bit of that. There's a lot yeah. of language where I'm like, oh, that's fairly adult. That yeah, washed and I over think, me in my youth. Yeah, and I think even like even the less sexual stuff, but just the fact that like there's kind of gang wars. I don't know. It's like you don't notice the action. It's almost like you don't actually notice the plot when you're a kid. You just kind of no, go off the ride. It's just and, a series of yeah. songs. Yeah. And they're old as shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're old. But, yeah, I found it delightful, man. I was I was in a, having a great time. I, yeah. I was thinking this is, Did yeah. Did Seymour like it? Um, he was asleep for most of it, but that's most of his life. He's a he's a real sleepy sleepyhead. Yeah. Um, but Ara, Ara did watch it with me. Um, she was mostly into it. Yeah. Well, she was definitely into it, but I can't. There were no specifics really. Um, no, no great insight from the wife on this occasion. Mm. But um, but yeah, like I was saying, this is probably the first time I've actually like sat down and and chosen to watch this at my own leisure. And mm. um, and I enjoyed it. You know, like like we've talked about before. I think I've recently realized that I really enjoy musicals. Actually, I went to a Broadway show just last week. Mm. Just last week, Michael Jackson, The Hidden Diaries. Yeah, so the, it was no, it was the it was the PC Diaries. But yeah, I saw that. Um, which I don't know if that counts as a as a great musical air quotes, but it was a fun show to watch. They put on a good show. What was the best song? Some great performances. Um, man, I'll be there. They did I'll be there in a flashback and it was Michael's mum singing it to young Michael. And man, it was it was emotional. It was emotional. Nice. And also the whole vibe in the place was uh it was like being in church or something. People were like singing along and it was like it was a real vibe. Yeah, you felt like you're part cool. of something. Yeah, it was cool. Anyway, so I like musicals and I haven't really watched this since I realised that I love musicals. And so I, it was really enjoyable to watch with this newfound uh, uh, realisation. And the, and obviously there's there's an added element with the passing of uh, national, international treasure, mm, Olivia Newton-John. Yes. And so extra attention was paid to her throughout. And, man, she's just a... Sweet angel sent from heaven. <laughs> like, so so delightful. Yeah, she really is. Such a babe too. Damn. She's a babe, but also, I don't know, maybe it's the Aussie thing that just makes her more relatable or something, but I don't mm. know. She just seems so sweet. I wonder if that was, um, not to change the topic, I just wonder if that added to the significance of this film having, I assume it did, having an Aussie girl in what was an otherwise a very American, and there wasn't heaps of Aussies peppered through big movies back then. Yeah, then you just get, yeah, for sure. And if they were, they probably had to do an accent. Like it must have been one of the first. Definitely not in a high school show. Yeah, 
if there's an Aussie, it was. That's a good point. American friends of the show, let us know. Was that a big deal? Was that like a differentiator? But yeah, I mean, both her and Travolta. Oh man! Like the songs are bangers, obviously. But I think just the way this holds up so well, it's got to just be down to those two, man. Like there's chemistry there and they're both just perfect, probably especially Travolta. Like he is Zuko. That is just, he just is. Yeah. It is maybe the most amazing. perfect casting What's of all time. He, he's just his face doing it. Man, his face and the dancing and just all of it is just yeah. amazing. And, you he know, obviously he, he's one of those guys where, a little bit like a Nicolas Cage where he makes so many movies that you kind of forget how good he is. Um, but, like, like who else can can span from, like, musicals to, like, lap pack adjacency? Mm. It's, it's, it's him and Hugh Jackman, basically. That's it. And, and he can take his face off. Off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> face off. Is he in face off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movie, that one. Great movie. I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've thought about that. I've thought about that. Can we like do movies multiple times? That's a real <laughs> test if it holds up. Because in some movies it's almost sad that we've already done it. Yeah, fully. <laughs> like Total Recall I could do again. Bloodsport I could do again. Um, Any of what? Well, I long for the days of the early JC movies now, <laughs> now mm. based on where we are. We should have done track. it in anyway. reverse. <laughs> yeah, just well, the middle would still suck either way, and that's where we are now because it gets better. But oh yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, we're talking about <laughs> Sandy, not not JC. Yeah, she's um, an angel. What an angel! Like, there's this one that the dance competition. Uh, by the way, half of this movie I forgot was even in there. Like when um, well the dancing competition, but I'll come back to that. But like when Danny is trying to become a jock. That's fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I forgot yeah. all about that. And, you know, pretty much everything besides the opening and the closing, I kind of forgot was in there. And um, that dance competition, again, sorry, I'm just going to dwell on her a little bit. That was just Matt, they're, they're dancing. Well, him as well. He comes out there doing this thing, the pointies. <laughs> He's got great pointies. Yeah, and they're both doing great pointies. And the chemistry is is right there and having a grand old time and it's a real delightful thing and it's just inject that straight into my veins. It's like seeing a thousand puppies play in the sand. It is pure um, uh, endorphins, pure uh, what's the what are the good chemicals in your brains? That stuff. Um, MDMA. MDMA. <laughs> and I couldn't get enough, Greg. I couldn't get enough. Good. Um, Did you watch Grease too? Straight off the bat. <laughs> Keep those endorphins going. I yeah, I watched Grease. I watched the trailer for Grease too, straight off the bat, and uh, decided it wasn't for me. But <laughs> I think that's got a cult following there. People seem to like that movie. Mm. Critic critics didn't thirty five percent. But actually, Greg, this is an interesting movie uh, given the premise of our podcast because I feel like a couple of years ago or a few years ago, this this was one of those movies that kind of went semi viral for being so outdated. Oh, yeah. You know, did she put up a fight and that stuff? And, you know, oh, she had to change for him and all that kind of bullshit. I tell you what, watching it with fresh eyes, I did I, nah, who gives a fuck? Like he, he does say did she put up a fight and like maybe you wouldn't word it that way now, but he didn't mean like 
you know, did you have non-consensual sex with her? Like, <laughs> that's not what he meant at all. I had this conversation <laughs> with Carol. I didn't take it as that either. Just like was it hard to woo her? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I was she again, easy? I thought, you know, these are things. Yeah. And that part about her changing for him, again, I forgot about him trying to become a jock. He changes for her too. They meet in the middle. He's wearing a letterman jacket at the end. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. But then, it's beautiful. But she also is a little bit naughty. She probably liked that. Yeah, exactly. So she it's was like, beautiful. he was a metamorphosis. Actually, She's a butterfly. Yeah. Let her fly. Exactly. And if anything, apparently as it relates to the original play, that was the whole point because apparently that was the subversion of a trope. So one of the writers, Jacob, said uh, the show's basic plot was a subversion of common tropes of 1950s cinema since the female lead, who in many 1950s films transformed the alpha male into a more sensitive and sympathetic character, is instead drawn into the man's influence and transformed into this wild, roguish fantasy. So maybe it's now that the tropes have changed and so we're seeing it as a trope, but it's a subversion of a trope. Mm, the inverted trope. And he, he became a jock and they met in the middle. Oh, yeah, trope and things and bish bash bosh. You got yourself, Give yourself an astute. Holds up quite nice. Give, yeah, that's an astute. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we haven't heard it crisp and clean for a while. Yeah, because usually yeah. it's just in the background. Yeah. yeah. I think I turned up the volume on the buttons. <laughs> I loved it. It came through perfectly. It's very astute on your part. Ah, <laughs> oh, feels like yesterday Frank Dukes was dropping compliments to Tristan. Well, you know what? I used to get um, – because my I changed my phone number when I moved to the US so I no longer get messages from Frank Dukes. Because oh, I got like you, a – the last one I, I got I think was Happy New Year. Happy Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Thanksgiving when he had a turkey head filter on. <laughs> he said, just want to wish you all an astute, an astute Thanksgiving. Oh. Very astute. I wonder if the mayor of Mexico is on that same deal. Yeah, I need you to save some orphans. It's Steven Seagal. Uh, from pirates. <laughs> is he uh, we're going to talk to him again. <laughs> Need a top up. Uh, I'm laughing only because of a previous joke. If you're listening, Frank, it's nothing to do with you. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Anything else that they caught said was dated? Those were the main things. I think, like the yeah, did you put up a fight and the the fact that she had to change for him. Were there other ones? Am I missing? I just remember like a BuzzFeed article had a. Had oh, a it's got BuzzFeed written all over it. It does, doesn't it? Okay, so I got a good one for you, Greg. Speaking of um, sp- speaking of the jocks, okay, you're you're gonna really like this one, I think. As someone who watched late night TV in Australia in the early two thousands, oh yeah, you know how Sandy was dating the jock before. <clears throat> I know where you're going with this. This blew my mind. This is yeah, my best. right. Oh yeah, keep going. Yeah, this is the best. Man, that was an actor named Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. He went on to be Renegade. Renegade. <laughs> He's Renegade. Remember I the show I was Renegade? It wrong. Yeah, same. I had to like triple check. I was like, sometimes they'll use the wrong picture or something and it links to the wrong thing or like, but man, Renegade is in this movie. What the fuck? Man, the jock boyfriend is Renegade. 
<laughs> and he was like the only one. He was actually 18 in this because right. he was a bit younger than them. Because I was thinking, yeah, how does that even add up? But, yeah. Can we play the intro for Renegade? Yes. <laughs> that was a – I love that show. He's going to do at least one sidekick every <laughs> – I don't think he could really fight, but they, they gave you just enough to, like, feel like he was kicking ass. And he had a motorbike. That's all I remember. Big, and he had – he had that guy with a mullet and earring friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's cool. But you were, yeah, you were bang on it. Here it is. He was a cop and good at his job, but he committed the ultimate sin and testified against other cops gone bad. Cops that tried to kill him, but got the woman he loved instead. Cops Framed for murder, now he prowls the badlands <laughs> and outlaw wow, hunting do this outlaws. A bounty hunter, a renegade. Sounds like a South Park. A renegade. Here he goes. It's like a fake trailer from a Robert How's Rodriguez the backstory movie. they give you in there? Yeah. Cops. He turned on and he turned on other cops. Who Framed. Were bad cops. And then they came after One him day. and got his wife instead. And then insert any more tropes. No, we can't. Fuck, renegade. There was always some attractive ladies. They couldn't they couldn't <laughs> resist him in his driver yeah, boat. Oh look, look at that. Oh what a man. Pouring a uh, gallon I'm realizing of water. now that this is mostly just music, but Oh my god. It's amazing. These visuals are special. We really do need to do TV shows, I think, on this podcast. We just need to figure out what's the logistically the easy way to do it. There he is. He's cool. Branscombe Richard. After we do a little deep dive on Branscombe. Don't yeah. know much about him. Kathleen Kinmont. An all star cast. I think a pretty sweet kick. Kick. Let him go. Yeah, he keeps doing the spinny kicks. Another spin. <laughs> Give us another spin. We're going to do a new podcast where we narrate, uh, <laughs> where we like provide live commentary over uh, TV show themes. Who you got up there? Is that Jiggling <laughs> Janicky? Never mind. Amazing. It was, yeah. What was she doing up there? <laughs> it's the algorithm <laughs> champ. Yeah. Knows me so well. Um. How good! That was just such a delightful find. Oh. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, because I was looking for Craterface at that time, and I was like, "Oh, that maybe that's him, and that wasn't him." Yeah. Did that mean? I'm just thinking that could be some sort of aftermath of getting dumped by Sandy. Turned into renegade. He was dating oh. the Australian new girl, and he was a football player. <laughs> but then she went back Get to the greaser. For a greaser. Now he's a renegade, <laughs> bounty hunter. <laughs> Sidekicker. <laughs> oh, what a great show. It was a good show. I liked it. I would love to watch an episode now and just see what I was see what we were dealing with. It was very much in the realm of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh man, thing, you're right? taking the words yeah. out of my mouth, wasn't it? <laughs> I guess he was more travelling town to town though. And I guess Texas Ranger he was he was the ranger, so, yeah. He had to probably move in between some towns within his jurisdiction. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but that, man, that that opening looked like a fake TV show within a movie. Like it, it Yeah. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's, and the voice, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It's just a lot to yeah. take in. It's amazing. Uh, hey, Greg, I got a, uh, 
you know, we, we lost a we lost a real one last week. And I thought, what better time to to dive into some of those those earlier years of Olivia Newton John just to add that context. What mm. a big fucking deal she was before Greece. Mm. Not just after Greece, but before Greece. Mm-hmm. One of our very own out there before winning, Xanadu. winning Grammys. Before Xanadu. I've never seen Xanadu. Have you seen Xanadu? Just the song. Yeah, same. Anyway, Olivia Newton-John, she went to primary school with Daryl Braithwaite. Whoa. Sorry, there's going to be a few few Aussie references in this. She went to primary school with Daryl Braithwaite? What is this school choir? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. Amazing. There is a little Mel- bit of like. In Melbourne, aren't they? I don't know. Maybe. Melbournians, I think. I could be wrong. I often am. Uh, well, she also started a girl band in high school um, and she did a few plays and then some TV appearances. And I think this was her first TV appearance um, on a TV show in Australia, I think, called Boomer Ride. And um, apparently in these days she was often referred to as Lovely Livy. But check this out. This is, this is real old-timey. different then i guess man fucking elvis and you know we've talked about him before and priscilla she was like 14 jesus christ what about um who wrote that song though some old creepy guy wrote that song for her surely that's fucked up Mm. anyway sorry what were you saying about the old disc jockey and marty at the prom sorry just what's that age inappropriate the the creepy old disc jockey oh yeah 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 that was messed up. <laughs> that was so weird. I'm a Marty guy uh, for the record. Marty guy. The girl Marty in... Yeah, she's a babe. She's a babe. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. She's, she's a babe. <laughs> in 1965, she won a talent competition and also in 1965, she, she acted in a film called Funny Things Happen Down Under with none other than Ian Turpy. Oh, the great man. The supermarket yeah, king. again, Australian reference. Um, who became her boyfriend. Yeah, the Terps are. They were dating for quite a while, yeah. Nice. And then she moved to the UK to release her first single in 1966. Um, she ended up partnering with singer Pat Carrolls and became this duo, Pat and Olivia. During this time, they even did backup vocals for the Easy Beats. Um, anyway, so they were living in the UK. Pat's visa runs out, but Olivia decides to stay and, and go solo. Ooh, sorry, and, you know, Pat. She bounced around a few... Yeah, sorry, Pat. You're out. Get the fuck out. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna stay. Oh, honey, we've got to go. My visa's up. Uh, I'm gonna stay. <laughs> uh, she bounces around some projects here and there, but but ultimately released her first solo album 
If Not For You, in 1971. The title track, yes, you guessed it, was a cover of the Bob Dylan classic and became a first hit, hitting number 25 in the US. Here's a little taster of that one. If not for you, babe, the night would see me wide away. The day would surely have to break. It would not be new. Got a lot of body in her voice, doesn't she? Yeah. She's got a rich voice. She's great. She's covering Dylan. Lovely. Anyway, first number one, uh, well, she hit 25 in the US chart, so that was kind of her first thing. So how old is she at this point, sorry? Um, oh, good point. That was that was 71. So when was she like 22 or so? Something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, because she was like 27 in Greece, so yeah, something like that, pish, bash, bosh. Anyway, she releases a second album in 1972. Doesn't do so well. Doesn't even get released in the US at all. Oh. Um, but it, it did cover some George Harrison and some John Denver. So I'm sure it has some value, but um, that was kind of a bust. But then in 1973, because, you know, in those days, she just pumped these things out one after another. <laughs> in 1973, she released the track. She's like, Drake. Yeah, yeah, fuck, man. Just use the guest room bathroom. <laughs> That's why we got two bathrooms. In 1973, she released the track Let Me Be There and it went top 10 in the US and won her a Grammy for Best Country Music Female. Oh. So she was being kind of branded as country music, um, which okay. which did become slightly controversial. There was some backlash to that. But then she did also get some support from the from country community. Yeah, Dolly Parton's sister released a song called Ode to Olivia. That's nice, isn't it? She ended up recording an album in Nashville and stuff too, so she did try and do the country thing properly, but I've never thought of her as country before. I could see her vocal style working in country music though. Yeah, so could some fat cat executive, I suppose. Well, hello. (laughs) Yes, yeah, wait. Mm. We're in the wrong business. We should be fat. fat. Where do I apply for that? Search that on LinkedIn. (laughs) Humbled to be a fat cat. In 1974, she performed in Eurovision for the UK, which is, that's more controversial than doing country music in my opinion, Mm. you know, representing the UK. She finished fourth and was beaten by Abba's Waterloo. Oh, tough year to enter. Tough year. Next album. Long Live Love, or in the US it was known as If You Love Me, Let Me Know, had love more chart toppers. He loved me. <laughs> yeah. um, and there was a single called I Honestly Love You, which became sort of her, her signature song. Um, mm. And that was number one for two weeks in the US. Because it was something like this. Maybe I'll hang around here a little more than I should.
across as very real, very genuine. Mm. It's like she's singing into my soul. Because that song does, it's not like it has a crazy hook or anything, that song. She's just selling the world on sweetness. Yeah. So sweet. She feels very authentic. Yeah. And her, not that I, I mean, I guess there are different dialects of Aussie accents, but her Aussie accent too, even in the movie, just feels very ordinary. Like, I don't know, it just feels very familiar. It feels like mm, uh, mm. people, you just, it just doesn't feel, I don't know. Anyway, big song. Mm. And um, I think it's in a, um, a lot of FMCG commercials in the 90s. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe like Huggies. Yeah, like nappies and shit, diapers. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I can totally see that. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> um, well, anyway, she went on to have 10 number one singles by 1976. 10 number one singles in the US by 1976. Man, Reason come out for another two years ones. after that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's heaps. heaps. So many. Yeah, that's crazy. And an interesting trajectory, like she sort of, like the stock market slowly going up over time, but not without its like dips. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then the really interesting one is she released an album in 1978, the Grease Year, called Totally Hot, which was <laughs> a complete rebrand. And you know, she's on the front cover wearing leather and it was yeah. very much akin to her Sandy transition. It's life uh, Sandy. Art. Yeah. And that went to number seven, her first, uh, the album itself, not just single. Album went to number seven, her first solo top ten album. Well, did that, when was physical released? Is that on that? I think that was later because isn't that, later. that's another movie? Is that another movie? I hope so. Actually, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I just assume physical was a movie, but maybe it's not. No, it doesn't appear to be on there, no. Mm. No. Although one would argue that that very first song we saw her perform was perhaps the most weirdly sexual. That was weird. <sighs> yeah, it was uncomfortable, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, should we get into the verdict? Well, Shall. and also, you know, all the rest. Well, let's just uh, give you that. We'll close that out with a little. Yeah, um, yeah. How bloody how bloody good is Olivia Newton John? She's amazing. Rest rest in peace, sweet angel. Aussie icon. Aussie icon. Universally loved. Universally loved. Delightful. Travolta human. left a nice tribute. Yeah. He he said lovely things about her always. I enjoyed those old clips of him talking about yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Genuine fondness. Good friends apparently. Yeah. They released two albums together. It was two of a yeah. kind in nineteen eighty three. And then this Christmas in 2012, which I, which I post on Facebook every year, <laughs> <laughs> the, the perfect stocking stuffer. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the verdict. Let's do it. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. 
for me, it's just a rewatch. It's 100% a rewatch. Maybe, to your point, not right away, but I'll be watching this for the rest of my life at various points. Yeah. Yeah, I think the kids can have a run at it in due course. Yeah, yeah. Lola might like it. She likes songs and such. Oh, yeah. So that's a that's a yes and a yes, I suppose, for the rewatchability yeah. of this number. Um, but you know that doesn't our word doesn't go too far. We need to do cultural re- relevancy tests. Um, did Simpsons do it? Now the the problem with this is, I'm almost certain someone in the Simpsons says, "Tell me about it, stud," or something. Yeah. Um, but there's no. But like- anytime you search, anytime you search Simpsons Greece, you just get that Greece episode where. You're so greasy. <laughs> like Homer's trying to collect grease. So there's no way of knowing now if Simpsons ever did grease. Yeah. Um, I it's feel lost. like it's been in there, peppered in there at various times. Well, Marge, yeah, didn't, Marge have his, didn't Marge have a group of girls that had pink jackets? Oh, the pink jackets. Yeah, true. There you go. It's in there. That's a pass. I feel like I can hear Bart um, saying Kaniki for some reason. Yeah. It's probably one of those ones that's just peppered throughout. Rather mm. than maybe a whole episode, because mm. um, it's just in the zeitgeist, man. Oh, deep porn parody. Yes, there's Grease XXX colon a porn parody. Bechdel test. Yes, it passes the Bechdel test. Maybe from 1978. Does it? So again, this outdatedness. I feel like they were always talking about boys. Yeah, but uh, I mean. At first I was dismissing it and I was like, oh, hang on, no, wait, they probably do. And then nah, I Googled yeah, it as well do. just to make sure I wasn't fabricating, but they, they really do. And all the female characters have their own songs and their own dreams and their own, you know, things going on. So they are pretty fleshed out female characters too, but but For in terms sure. of technically Bechdel tests, yeah, they all have Pick. names. They talk about things other than boys, like the beauty school dropout scene at the diner. It's just mm-hmm. her and the woman that owns a diner and they're talking and, you know, not mm. about boys, talking about beauty school. Mm. Life choices. So there you go. Big life, life choices. Life choices, big things, many things. Oh, it's tough as a teenager. FX test, I guess so. It's not really any special effects, but it's, it looks good. <laughs> His, Danny's hair's a special effects. <laughs> CGI sideburns. <laughs> Who's your MVP, Greg? Uh, it's a um, uh, – I give it to Danny and Sandy. Yeah. The Zuko's. I think, yeah. I think Travolta's got the edge. He's just fucking amazing. It's just so perfect. <laughs> he's, so he's perfect. He's good. Like if you – All of it. I know. I feel like I say this about actors a lot, like especially like Stallone or someone. But if you just picked this movie and like Face Off and like Pulp Fiction, you'd be like, this must be the greatest actor of all time. Because <laughs> just within those three, man. The Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> Gotti. Swordfish. The man has got a variety of beards that, you know, he deploys strategically. <laughs> Ah, swordfish is good for one thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, what are we doing next week? We don't know yet. We're going to choose a wild card before we get into sequel September. Yeah. Um, But until then. I'll probably watch it tonight, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg's choice. Greg's choice. I'll find something beautiful. Yeah. 
Until then, leave us a review. Five stars. Yeah, with like change my life, man. Yeah. Sandy. We're gonna Venmo you some That's money. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah. Oh, before sequel September. Yeah. Yeah, one more. Mm. Bye. Just always had uh, the biggest mystique for me, the longest overseas routes, uh, the best safety record in history, 82 years of safety, and um, I've always intrigued by the airline. And then, simply by coincidence, I bought an X Qantas 707, which is the one you're filming me on, and uh, they got wind of it when I flew down there to promote Swordfish, and they they loved the connection. Spirit of Friendship Tour is, is, a, is a name that Qantas and I came up with uh, because we want to we want to really promote inter intercontinental relationships, international relationships, uh, cross borders, rekindle friendships, and uh, especially in light of what happened last year on September 11th, I think it, it kind of broadens the purpose of of the tour. So thus, the spirit of friendship.